fine. Just try it once. All right, we're here. We're doing it your way. Darn it. We're recording okay, right so now. now uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we were having a, an interesting discussion, and I didn't want to interrupt it with you know intros and music because that's what this show is supposed to be, right? The, that's right. We're too long. We're just two friends that have a talk, and right now we're figuring something out between the two of us that's been quite puzzling for some time. Right. So you've heard us talk about many times about common sense, right? It ain't so common. Yeah. That that's no. something that we always talk about. And Alpha, you bring up an interesting point, and then. But, well, let's kind of re-sum up what we were talking about. You're talking about logic, and you're talking about, uh, what was the other part of that? Uh, reasonableness. Re- reasonableness. And I, I, I then said the, word, the, the words that came to my mind were common sense. Yeah. So then we, and then you, you made this observation that I, I see things differently than you do. And then that's what makes people people, right? I mean, we see things right, right. in different ways. But also I expand upon that by saying perception is everything. Right. Perception is your own truth or meaning the the eye, the eye of the beholder, the, the eye, the, the. Well, I, I look at it more. I look at it more as is how you come to a, a deduction. Okay. How, how you deduce a, a fact pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with you applying logic and reason, and in how you didn't come to a conclusion. Okay. The way that you come to a conclusion is significantly different than the way that I come to a conclusion. We we look at things just differently. Okay. So just your formula for for deriving a, a conclusion is different than mine. Correct. It's just interesting. Now I'm going to expand upon that because I think it's important that we sure. that we kind of drill down on this. The reason why. You see things differently than I do, and everyone else is because of perception. But it's also influenced by your experiences, by what you've learned, by what you've experienced. Right. By your, and I I don't want to go down to the diversity crap, but um, uh, you have certain ways of reacting to certain things based on experiences. Okay? Sure. So you and I have a lot in common. I mean, we were kids. We ran around, played golf, and we did all, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and then as we grew up, you know, firefighting. Let's take firefighting, for instance. So tonight, in my old stomping ground, huh. the first fire department I was part of, unfortunately, this truck was driving, didn't see the low bridge, hits it, Ugh. and becomes a huge fireball. And if you're interested, you can go to the uh, Signal 50 podcast uh on twitter, twitter x and, whatever on, oh, whatever twix and you can see the story it's basically an ongoing thing there's a whole bunch of things that were going on and you know the fire is raging and they gotta get water on it and they got people that are injured they're gonna get them out of there and unfortunately the responders that were responding got into a you know an accident so there's another it was a complete a complete cluster that's right so so when you when you and I see that, you know I look at it from the medical point of view primarily, yeah. And you'll look at it from the firefighting point of view. Although I can do the firefighting thing, I sure, just, sure, sure. I'm thinking about the burns. I'm thinking about the exposures and the smoke and the chemicals and da 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 da. da. And of course, I'm thinking about how to. I'm thinking about how strategically do we place ourselves safely to knock this fire down and contain it. Correct. Without getting ourselves barbecued. Correct. So that and, and you sit in the back over there going, Hey, when you get barbecued, <laughs> I'm right over here, man. So those are, this is an example of, uh, of how we process things, right? So sure, sure. logically speaking, how many gallons of water do you need for this raging fire? Oh, about 15, 16, oh, all 000. of it, all as much water as you can. So just give, just hit, hit a couple of hydrants for me. Will and you just keep the water flowing. So it's a surround exactly. and drown. You surround it, you drown it. And and that's the end of it. But again, this is an ongoing thing, and I'm not there. But you got hazmat teams coming. You got, you know, county cars and and supervisors. It's total chaos, and, right? It's total chaos. Dogs and cats living together. Living, mass mass hysteria. hysteria. Yes. Right. So no, that no. Look, listen. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You you you've caught onto something here that I have tried to explain to a lot of people, and and I have a very difficult time doing it. Mm-hmm. You know. 
we talk a lot about, you hear a lot about, um, I think, I think when you work in emergency services or you're in critical stress situations and you get immersed in that kind of stress, mm-hmm. right? I think it does something to your brain chemistry. Well, I really think it does. It does. And, and that's actually called adrenaline junkie. There, okay. So this is something that, that, that again, perceptions and everything else. But John Deloney, who, who wrote uh, Choosing the Non-Anxious Life and also uh, uh, Change Your Past, uh, uh, Own Your Past, Change Your Future. That's the other book he wrote. Talks about anxiety. Sure. And, and talks about how what we've done in this country so far with anxiety is you make it a diagnosis, you hide behind it and you live in fear. Well, and, and you medicate the shit out of it. That's correct. Now I'm going to argue, and I agree with John Deloney's uh, uh, work and his, his observations that anxiety is a smoke detector. It detects that there's a fire or some kind of stress or something going on in the person's life that they have to react to. You either fight, you flight, or you, or, you fl- or you freeze. Exactly. Right. Now, right. people that are in the military, police, fire, EMS, um, all the people that we have worked with in the past and look up to, we all get very used to basically filtering out that alarm, that feeling of fear, yeah, and that, go that towards just, the danger. We go towards. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's also very interesting. Let's yeah. back up to that right. too. That's that. That's an interesting topic too. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you've done it. That that's exactly how to describe. You know, when you're 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 constantly, you're looking for that adrenaline high. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger. There are people that are listening that know, if you know, you know, if it was dangerous, I was doing it. And if it was really dangerous and super freaky, I wanted to try it, you know, in in the fire service, like, like rope rescue. Hanging by a rope, literally. Hanging by a rope off of a... It, okay, anything over 12 feet is fatal, right? Mm-hmm. Try like 200 feet, mm-hmm. right? Do you know where uh, the 81 bridge in McGraw is? Yes. The big, the big mm-hmm. ass one? Yes. We were rappelling from underneath that bridge to the roadway below. We had to scale the bridge up and we had to connect and we had to, we were rappelling off of that. Do you know how high that is? That's high. Yeah, that's huge. And that that thing is moving because it's a highway over your head. Right. It's kind of moving. It's vibrating. Terrifying. Yeah. Sign me up. Let's go. So people would. So again, it's not. It's not for everyone. And no. and that that type of thing is necessary. It does take a toll on the body. I think. Yes, I think it does. it's understanding that people that have this this heightened sense of anxiety and live in fear of it can actually have life altering side effects and, and sure. you know, your heart gets stressed and this, that's what stress is. It's just the normal way that we live and interpret our environment. Now, getting back to that adrenaline junkie thing, I admit it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I was, I worked in the ER for 26 years and uh, loved every minute of it. And it was also trying to straighten out chaos you know, when, when the whole world is falling apart, you're saying, okay, everyone take a deep breath. Let's figure this out. And what right. do we need to do? Airway, breathing, circulation, do the chest compressions. Dot, dot, dot. There's always some kind of systematic way to go about it. And, and there's a lot of faith that goes into how do we come out on the other side of this to the point where things will work out the way they're supposed to. And sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you have to not beat up yourself or say you should have, could have, would have. Or, you know, yeah, we should able learn to, to take yourself. our own. We should learn to take our own advice, huh? Well, you know, you have to forgive yourself. There's some oh, yeah. things, you know, and, and there's this, I love the serenity prayer, right? God, give me the strength to understand the things I can change. 
and the things that I can, I can accept those, you know, that, right. That paraphrase that that's, that's basically what it means. So how did we get where we are now? So I think now as, as we get older, now we have some wisdom or experience. Right. Now and it's very about, interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting how your wisdom has taken shape because of your experiences. Correct. And yours too. When and you're, everybody's not just ours. I mean, right, right. We're just, you and I are just talking right now, but everyone who's listening, but when you, when you, when you get a bunch of problem, right. When you get a bunch of problem solvers in a room, right. Mm-hmm. That are, you know, peer, peer group people. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at the way people approach problems. You know, generally speaking, everybody's got a good idea, right? Sure. And it's really interesting to watch the way people formulate their solutions. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. So and it's just interesting. When when the system works, when the ideas are flowing and people are working together and being respectful yeah. and being understanding and and trying to see the the idea that's there and brainstorming, that's great. But look what's happening right now. Let's kind of just let's just do um, a, a thinking report right now. And sure. the cons of, of that, when you have, when people don't do what we were just talking about, working as a team, trying to take over, doing their, you know, freelancing, that's something you do not want to have happen on a fire scene, going off and doing your own thing without the commander knowing what you're doing because you're going against the entire plan. The, the idea is that everyone works together as a team, there's like the, the queen bee is coordinating everything. That's what the instant commander is. <laughs> and right? there, and there's also, and there's also logic behind every order or procedure. Correct. So if you're out freelance, you say, huh, I'm going to go. You're outside the- of the boundary of logic. That's right. So, but let's expand it to what's going on right now. You have a bunch of sure. Democrats running around who want things the way they want them because they think they know better than the rest of us and they're going to get someone killed. Huh? They're already doing it. Well, I find this all very unseemly. Hmm. It's all very unseemly. You mean the decision, the decision to go ahead and, Take someone arbitrarily off the ballot because you don't like him, or that he's winning. <laughs> is that is that what you're talking about? There, there, there's a lot to unpack with mm. what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, quite obviously, right? Sure. Um, it's really an overwhelming barrage of badness coming out of Washington, D.C. Well, Colorado, too. <laughs> I mean... Well, I, I, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. And we all know why they did it. Right? And, and it's really disgusting. Well, it's not only the obvious. that They, want, they don't want President Trump back on the ballot again because he's going to win. But they want all the down ballots to suffer, too. Well, no, and I think even deeper. I've been I've been thinking a lot about it lately, and I never really wanted to think. You know, you sit back and you get a lot of little. We were talking also about perspective. Mm-hmm. I think the last few years of hanging around, you know, being a casual observer to a uh, what feels like. Some kind of military junta took over the United States starting in January of 2021 or 2020, right? Yeah. It was like, you know, nobody was there for the swearing in and they surrounded the Capitol with a fence and nobody was allowed to attend. Mm -hmm. And it's been all very surreal since. Yeah, bizarro world, right? None of this is normal. No, not at all. I. Where does it go next? That's the problem I'm having. So you and I have had multiple conversations about how a mama bear protecting its cubs 
is is extremely dangerous. But they want to oh, remove the sure. Cubs. They want to get the Cubs out of the way and protect. Oh, they for, will. Sure. for sure. But if you go near the Cubs, you're going to get taken out. Mama Bear is not going to not going to have any part of it, and you will go. You will not be doing very well in your life. However, there's someone more dangerous. There's another animal that's much more dangerous, and that's a cornered animal that's on its deathbed, has nothing else to worry about, or you know, because their yeah. life is they know it's coming to an end, and they have no other leg to stand I, on. Does it does it seem to you like you know it, it just like we were talking about before? It doesn't doesn't it just seem like now this doesn't you know normally I would say that this brings me some pleasure you know for but for an odd reason I'm I'm going to say to you that it absolutely brings me no pleasure to see what's really going on and to think this is what a dying republic really looks like you and it yeah. And I got to tell you something, in, in even in closer view, is this is what a puppet regime looks like. Mm-hmm. We're living in it right now. We're living it right now. I, I don't know who's pulling the strings, but it certainly is not the man that they have in front of the television cameras. No. And these are not his decisions. This is not normal no it's none not. of this is normal he's not a big enough brain operator to call the shots on all of this coordinated you know big government totalitarian fbi led investigations and prosecutions and what the fuck is behind this storefront mm. and i think everyone's getting a front row seat don't you yes and it seems that people Scary. aren't tolerating this anymore. So what you're describing, what you've just described is what they call the precipice of personal destruction. That's the term. Oh, I, I, I think that I think that for a number of reasons that we've already discussed and, and it's becoming more and more evident to me every single day that Joe Biden's days in the White House are are numbered. That's right. Do you see he was he was feeling up some woman on the on on TV. Oh, well, his hand was on her on her left breast. Okay, that's where his hand was. Well, you can't you I, can't argue I, with with a, with a hand placement there, buddy. <laughs> I look. I saw the video. You saw it too. I was like, what I, the? there's no excuse for that at all. Well, no, but there has to be an excuse for it because. Oh, you mean he's got dementia? With this, with, with, with it, no. Listen, let yeah. me finish. All right. With this fucking guy, this shit's been going on for 50 years. But Right or wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? You're correct. However, when. Biden was doing it 50 years ago. He did it in back room, closed door, one-on-one situations, it, allegedly. Okay, but he was still doing it. He was still doing it. When you have dementia. Oh, now it, he's just doing it in public. He he's do, that's that's my point. No, I get you. No, you're totally correct. That's like the, you know, like, like an old senile guy. There was a, a great movie called Waiting. And there was this old man that pulled into the booth, and this this waiter, Ryan Reynolds, you can only imagine, total smartass. He was super nice to this guy. The guy had dementia, and you know he he was telling this old man joke, like mm-hmm. you know I just want to sit in the park naked and flip everybody off. And the problem with getting old is one day you wake up from whatever dementia cloud you were on, mm-hmm. and you're literally naked in a park flipping off children. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's funny, not funny, right? This isn't funny. No, it's not. That man is clearly not in charge of shit. No, but someone is, and we didn't. That, we didn't elect him or the one that's behind him pulling exactly. the Exactly. Right. This is not the constitutional republic our forefathers left to us. No, sir. Not at and all. Somehow we have completely fucked this up. Well, Benjamin Franklin did say. 
when he was asked, what, what do we have a Republic? And he turned around. To oh, if you can keep it, if you can keep it. So guess what? Now I, I perp, I, I'm going to go on a limb. I think we were talking about this before. I, I personally believe that there's a small group of people that feel that they could do a bigger, better and the way they want it done who are not on that team trying to figure out problems like we, you and I are used to doing, whether it's a fire, whether it's work, whether it's treating someone, it doesn't matter. There's an objective. We're all there to make sure that that objective gets taken care of. Right. However, when you have a small group of people, and I'm going to call them elitists, that's what they are. They are elitists who go around thinking that they can impose their values on you and me and everyone else listening, and that that's the way it's going to be because they think that's the best way to do it because we're dumb and we don't understand. So I would rise an objection and tell them to screw off because I don't believe in what you're talking about. However, they have the power or the perceived power right now. So it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work to dethrone these people and get them out of there. Okay. But I think the elections, I think the elections have been fixed, rigged, manipulated. I, I, well, this, this mail-in ballot thing, they weren't going to make the same mistake they made with Hillary. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they needed that insurance policy. So they found a way to get their mail-in ballots. So I, I, I think you're right. So uh, other places they, have, they keep finding by, Oh, by the yeah. way, Oh, by the way, hold on a minute. Yeah. 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 They, they're doing an audit of uh, the George ballots. They finally got their hands on the ballots. Holy I cow. believe so. And they have found a tremendous number of fraudulent mail-in ballots. So correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't it Georgia that turned it to Biden's favor. Yeah. So if they find that the, the election was fraudulent. Good luck proving it. The water's a little bit murky, don't you think? I, They've I, done a great job of mudding up the water and switching machines and altering this and downloading that and corrupting this. There's no chain of evidence on anything purposefully. By all definition that you just discussed, that's a fraudulent election. I believe you are correct. But I'm not so sure that anybody's gonna do anything about much it. about it. So this is this is something that Dan Bongino was talking about today. Do something. Grow a set of balls and do something. Right. The only thing I can do is is be an an idiot sitting in a in a in a relatively decent little office here with a microphone with my buddy, and we can sit here and and complain about it and kvetch. Mm. You know, I, 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 I donate where I can to candidates that I think might make a difference. But, you know, I'm not really in much of a position and to go out and run for office myself. I'm just not, right? I, I, wouldn't, get past, I wouldn't get past the first speech because I tell them what's on my mind. And I don't care how politically incorrect it is. And I wouldn't get, it, I'd get one vote because I'm a... Racist. Although I'm Jewish, what can I tell you? Well, I, I, I <laughs> wouldn't even give. I wouldn't even give public service at this point uh, any kind of thought. Um, I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested. I guess the goal of of people like me, and you and I are a lot alike. But my goal is to be leave me the fuck alone. Just, just leave me alone. Just want to find a place to live where they just leave you alone. Well, they won't leave you alone because they want what you have. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you wait till you find out that they're going to be able to tax your, you know, your potential wealth. Yep, tax your potential wealth, the wealth you think you had, what you didn't have, what you had ten years ago. I mean, this is just getting out of hand. At least, thank God, it's at the uh, Supreme Court right now, and I hope to God that the Supreme Court figures out something to do with it. 
Oh God, yeah, but, that's you know, going to be a big problem. That's starting well, to turn. Uh, it, it's starting to turn into a big hail mary to the Supreme Court every single time something bad happens because one branch of government decides to do something stupid, and the other branch of government decides, well, they're not doing what I want them to do, so I'm just going to go do it on my own with an executive order. I mean, what the hell is this all about? I mean, you got what was well, that nobody's case? stopping anybody from doing it. That's that's the whole problem. That's exactly the problem because they're all playing the same game. It's a small club and we ain't in it. That's right. And what was it? How many different cases were there about handguns and, and, and permits and how you cannot infringe upon people's rights. Then they go ahead and they find some other stupid way to take away your ability to protect yourself. When they say that, Oh, the entire state is well, completely they, they've hands completely off. Over, you can't. You cannot carry there. Right. They they've completely run out of the 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 boundaries of the four corners of the document that we all signed together that restrains the government from infringing on basic God given rights that were clearly outlined. Right. right? Yes. And. It's a spoiled, rotten little child that won't take no for an answer. Fucking stop. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they won't take no for an answer. That's right. And they keep, and instead of real justice being metered in this country, uh, you know, present nonsense in Colorado included, it's nothing more than partisan activism. Nobody's following the goddamn law. That's right. Look what's happening on the southern border. Come on in. The the water's fine. Isn't isn't there a law against that? Yes, oh yes there is. Isn't isn't entering our country like a felony? Yes. Okay. So why is Texas DPS and the state of Texas being sued in federal court because they're arresting people that are violating federal law? Uh, because the federal government will Can not... somebody answer me that? Give me a really good answer. Because the federal government doesn't want us to stop this unfettered and completely open border policy okay. that they have. What you said, what, fine. Clearly. Clearly. Bravo. Clearly. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Now answer me this fundamental question. Is it or is it not the government's responsibility to maintain a border by constitutional and, and legal mandate? Yes. Are they doing it? No. Okay. So who's following the rules? We're, well. Texas. Texas is following the rules. So they're going to go to and court. And then the government, yeah. who's not following the rules, is suing them for following the rules. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out a little... I'm going to put out a little uh, little thought experiment here for a second. Have there been any examples of court orders that the uh, go- the federal government has decided not to follow? As oh yes, Biden saying, "Yeah, we're still going to give uh, money back. Yeah, eh, we're still going to we're still going to do uh, reparations. Yeah, well, we're going to yeah, do- we'll just find another way to do it. That's right." Oh, we're gonna we're gonna close down everyone. We're gonna make the whole state a non-carry state, so you can't have guns anywhere except in your house. And maybe they'll even try to take that away. So, oh, they got their PP smacked on that, by the yes, way. Yes, they did. So, do you think Texas is going to listen now to the federal government's court order? I, 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 I think that I think the federal government. We talked about this before. We think uh, the 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 judicial system in this country, the credibility has been damaged so greatly. Yep. In the public, but in public perception, mm-hmm. by selective prosecution and persecution using the courts over a president who is very popular, who people see what is going on with him as complete and total. They see it for what it is. Okay. Yep. Nobody's pretending anymore. All right. People are smart enough to understand what's going on. The judicial system in this country has lost all credibility. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, if they want to come after you, what's been proven very clearly is you better shut the fuck up and you better do what you're told or we're going to sick the FBI on you and you're going to rot in a hole for two years. 
Right. Oh, you talked to somebody that was uh, in D.C. on the 6th? We're going to put you in jail for 22 years for seditious conspiracy. Oh, you weren't even there. We don't give a shit. You're going to prison, motherfucker. Yep. Enrique Tario, why don't you go call him up and ask him how he feels? I'm sorry, you can't. He died and killed himself because he was so much under, under so much stress and he felt hopeless. He had no hope because he had the weight of the government coming after him, persecuting him for something that he believed in. That man is a patriot. Well, I'm not exactly thrilled with everything that the Proud Boys did, Mm -hmm. okay? And there was a faction of those assholes that were not wholesome individuals either, okay? Let's just just be real clear. In every group of people Mm -hmm. behind their flag is sometimes another flag. It happens on both sides of the aisle. And it happens more on the other side of the aisle, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. But there were some people that were involved with the Proud Boys that were total shit. Mm-hmm. Garbage people. Yep. Bumped into them. They're not, uh, not quality people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, just just step out of line, and and we'll just take the entire weight of the federal government down on top of your head. You think, you know, we sit here, we say, well, the judicial system has lost credibility. Well, it has until they come after you, and then you're fucked. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to defend yourself against your own government. No, they have millions and billions of your tax dollars coming down on your head. Right? It's quite a game, isn't it? But all hope is not lost, because... No. When you lose hope, then you become depressed. That's all I have to yeah. say about that. Well, I don't anyway, know, man. So one other thing I want to talk about. So we're, you know, you can kind of tell I have some academic uh, leanings because that's just the way I am. You know, that's been my experience. And um, I found that the president of Harvard, uh, oh, Doctor Gay, has, un, uh, you know, it's un. Unbelievable what she did to get her doctorate. You know, I I worked very hard to get mine, and I did a lot of research. And the one thing I always, always made sure I did, because I have a lot of humility, is to give credit where credit's due, because my word is not as important as what someone else says. And I like to expand upon what they say. And what I do is I cite specifically that passage and I, and I give credit to the person that came up with it who helped inspire me to expound on it, okay? So plagiarism is a huge issue. The president, so-called resident in the uh, White House, has plagiarized his work, and it looks like the president of Harvard plagiarized hers. She stole from, she stole from Dr. Carol Swain, brilliant thinker. She... she Back in the in 1994, when I was still an undergrad, she was working on her dissertation, talking about how uh, blacks. Uh, she has a book called Blackface. Uh, Blackface. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess up. The, but she came out with a book where she talks about race relations and how um, uh, the quotas and the and all these diversity hires are really not a good idea. Uh, and, and you can read the book, and it goes into a lot more detail. And I'm paraphrasing because her work is amazing. But she she came through the she came through the end of the uh, the, the research process and the writing process, understanding that being a Democrat and being the way she was thinking, she changed her thinking. She learned, she grew, and she changed her thinking. And what ends up happening is she gets canceled for it. She says that she was one of the first people canceled in this world. You know, this was this goes back twenty something years, right, Alpha? I mean, that's that's when they started canceling people. You know, they, they oh would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I know what that's like. Oh yeah, because you don't fit into the group, or you think against the group or the narrative, and and then they take you out, and that, uh, literally, not figuratively. You know, they they make you unwelcome in, in polite society. And Dr. Swain. She taught at uh, prestigious universities for years, and she is just a great thinker. But the problem is that one of the things I have a problem with 
when a when a when a person steals someone else's work and does not cite the, that work and doesn't give credit where credit's due and calls it her own, this is Dr. Gay I'm talking about, I have a problem with that. And this president of Harvard, the executive board, decides to back Dr. Gay. I don't even know if she can call her a doctor, you know, a Ph.D., because she really didn't do the work, did she, Alpha? I wasn't there. I doubt it, though. Uh, well, uh, Doctor Swain did not do any. Uh, did not say exactly what she was going to do. I was listening to her on Lou Dobbs's uh, show. She was being interviewed, but she sounds very angry. <laughs> oh, I, 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 yeah, I, I would be. And I they mean, perverted, listen. and they perverted her words so that Gay could promote herself. And now she's sitting in the president's office of Harvard going in front of Congress and saying it's okay to kill Jews. So you tell me, Alpha. <laughs> you tell me, Alpha, where her thinking really is. Well, it seems to me that uh, our, our, our friend, uh, the, the soon to prob- most probably soon to be former president of Harvard, I don't think they're going to let her. I don't think they're going to stop. I her. think they're going to have to let her go. And nobody ever thought they would have to change the name of the Redskins either. Mm. Okay. So, you know, hell has frozen over before. <laughs> you know, what do I always tell you? There are no absolutes in life. There are only possibilities. That's right. Well, I think, I think the board of directors at, at Harvard are going to find out when you have a 90% rejection rate that I don't want to go there. When I get accepted, early acceptance. Oh, yeah. Uh, Houston. Wait wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, now, assuming all things being equal, right? Yeah. And we had a time machine, right? And we could go back to, let's say, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be doctors. And we Mm -hmm. had it in our head. And we had the kind of mentality to really do it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we get into high school, and and our our adult self taps ourselves on the shoulder and says, "Hey, kid, you have a golden opportunity in front of you, and this school thing mm-hmm. is really easy if you follow these simple rules, mm-hmm. right?" Yeah. The teacher's going to tell you what you need to know. You need to go back, and you know you, you know how to do it, right? Absorb the knowledge, right? right? If your older self could go back and tell your younger self and say, you have no idea how easy you have it, you're here, spend the time, learn it all, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If we had all of that time and we go through high school, we do all the things correctly because our adult brain told us to do the things correctly, mm-hmm. I want to be a doctor. Now, it, in the fire department, you didn't want to be on the engine. Okay, you just didn't, right? You talking about me? Like anybody. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Like anybody. So anybody out there that's on an engine company, no offense, but you know, you know you don't want to ride you know you want to ride the truck, right? You mean the ladder truck? You know you want to be on the ladder truck, right? The ladder truck. Oh yeah. You want to be a trucky because you know that's where the shit is at, right? Well, that's where the glory is. You get the, the ladders well, up there. That's where all the toys are, man. That's right. We're 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 gonna go break shit, cut holes and stuff. We're gonna go do the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're going to get stuck on a hose and mm-hmm. we're going to go like be heroes and smoke cigars when we're done and go pound Budweiser to kill the PTSD. Right. <laughs> you know, and we go through school, you do all the things right. You get the perfect SAT, you get the recommendations. And you, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly is my, is my point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a, and going to undergraduate at Harvard, you know, with your biology and whatever degree, and then you get in, accepted into Harvard Medical School and you blow through that and, you know, you can write your own ticket, right? Back if you're then? Be a, back then? Back yes. then, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Right. That's right, right. what you wanted to do. Harvard had the prestige. It was, a, it was oh, prestige and clout, reputation. Clout. Clout. Yep, yep. Clout. Just now, absolute clout. I, I had no, I had no, I was being realistic. I was like, I don't think I'm getting into Harvard, but I do want to do all these things and I wanted to be successful. Well, and, you know, and, well, wait a minute, putting it into perspective, like I was saying, if, if that was the 
the mindset that you had and you uh-huh. had the ability and the intellectual capacity, the grades yeah. and the drive, you want to go to Harvard. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a Harvard medical school graduate, right? That's what, that's the way it was. Back it's then. the best, the best or Duke or mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? Right? right. 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 They're all pretty good, but Harvard, I mean, that's very special. That's right. a small club. Right. And you wanted to be in it. Yeah. You know, if you want to be, if you're going to do it, be the best. Now, now, would you do that? Hell no. What does that degree really mean now? Uh, if you, uh, it, it's interesting because they would pass over people to take the diversity students or the the, yes. the special this groups. Going, this has been going. This has been going on for a very long time, and it's it's now degraded. The name Harvard. I mean, Harvard is not. I mean, just look at what just happened recently, just a couple of days ago. All the early acceptances that Harvard put out there, 90, 90% of them said, we're not, I don't want any part of Harvard anymore. Would you send your kid at $68,000 a, a year? Hell to, a, to, hell a, to the F, no. No. no uh-uh. you, you would not. Not not with what, uh, I wouldn't you know, even listen. Send it, I wouldn't send him to any college except maybe Liberty or um, some Crown. of the other. You know some of the other Brown college, yeah. Sure. Some of the some of the a Jesuit one. school, a Jesuit school. I would send my kid to a Jesuit school, like Mount Saint Mary's or something like that, where it's a little more serious. Well, you know, any place that does any of that diversity crap, the die agenda, you go stick it. It's a, see the problem is you need we need to be able to do what we talked about earlier in the show, and that is critically think and, right. and to and to use common sense. And again, I. Well, we I, have to give these people some various life experience so they can better formulate their logic. Right. Well, I was part it's of full circle, right? Yeah, and I was part of academia for a for a while, a couple well, of years back. Were. I was part of I was part of it. And you were miserable, and I was. To- you're right. I was totally miserable, and when i I wanted, I wanted someone that I can have on my who would be my wingman. Or you know, it's not literally wingman like airplanes. But if I was, if I had to respond to that fire tonight and I had that burn victim, I would look through the class and I say, "Who in this class could I take with me that can help me do with the job that we would have to do?" Someone that doesn't have an ego, doesn't have to worry about, you know, knows what they're doing, who can think and anticipate what I need, and I can anticipate what they need. Those are the type of people you want to work with. That's common sense. Nowadays, they were they would rather take people that fit a group, or matched matched a special number or got more points because they would they would get those those points uh, for applying, and I, I I I let them have it, and I was I was outspoken. I tell you, it's it's yeah. frustrating and it's and it's demeaning and it's not what I or you did when we were going through school and getting to where no. we're at now, because I, I got to tell you uh, the, the, the things that I have to do would not have come at all. If I didn't have people around me that I worked well with and they taught me things and I taught them things and we all got the job done. That's how you do it. So Harvard, go screw yourself. And I hope you go, well, they they got a fifty billion dollar <laughs> endowment. I don't think they're going anywhere. Well, uh, there was a uh, um, there's a major donor uh, to Harvard in a very similar way to you 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 uh, um, mm-hmm. that just withdrew a major donation from Harvard mm. or canceled his his annual like seriously big chunk of change that he was going to launder through uh, Harvard. That's what it is. It's laundering. Sure it is. I will give you this money and I will take it back in contracts or Mm -hmm. jobs for my kids or, you know. Positions in the school for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Or a service provider to the college. I mean, what is it? You're, you're buying influence. 
course you are. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Would you give a million dollar donation if you knew you were going to get it back tenfold over, you know, uh, guaranteed income over 10 years from your million dollar investment? I guess. Of course you would. Sure. Well, that would just be smart money. Well, ethically speaking, I'm not sure I'd do it. Well, of course not. I'm just saying as a basic premise. I'm oh, not yeah, saying- yeah. I mean, that's that's a temptation. I mean, sure. How many alumni associations am I part of? Well, One, two, three, well wait a minute. You know? It's legal. I get it. But I don't donate. I don't give money to my schools. I don't no, even, no. you know, because I'm not going to. I'm not going to put myself into that. And the, the, you know, the only donations I make and you know, it's near the end of the year, everyone. So everyone's looking for donations. Now I, I donate personally all the time to judicial watch. I donate to, uh, t- um, t- uh, tunnels to towers. Yes. And I, and wounded warrior project. I, I like tunnels to towers yeah. the best and folds yeah. of honor. I give that, I give to them also. I got a, I've got a thing that I do every year. You know, we're a little off topic, but it's, it's, it's kind of fun to talk about this kind of stuff. I went to high school with a kid. Uh, his first name is Steve. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a lawyer, kind of a big deal in the Syracuse area many, many you know years ago. And, and, and Steve is a nice guy. He's got a brother. You know his brother. We'll mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not mention last names. And they run a foundation. And they always have, his dad started this thing many, many years ago. Steve's father is, uh, I believe, long past, right? Mm. And Or retired or long past. I think, he, I think he's passed away. And I believe it was might have even been started by his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Every year, um, there have always been lawyers in his family. And they've always been fairly successful lawyers. Mm-hmm. Nice people they formed a foundation called the hats and gloves foundation. Right. Yeah. And they teamed up with the inner city schools at the elementary schools. And every year they solicit donations from, you know, old friends and whatever. Yeah. And it's grown and grown and grown and grown and grown every, every year, year over year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've been donating to that for a long time. That's kind of a, a fun tradition. The kids are still doing it. Oh yeah. That's good. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I think it's neat, but anyhow, uh, so, yeah, tax tax deductions, uh, get them in, whatever. Get them in, hurry up, but make sure you know who you're donating to. I wouldn't give to the American Red Cross. I no. wouldn't give to uh, Sloan Kettering. I wouldn't give to any of those. <laughs> no. Because I don't know where the money's going, and I don't want to go into die agendas. So um, I think there was something else we wanted to chat about tonight. Uh, oh, 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 uh, yeah, there, 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 there's one thing I'd like to raise. Go ahead. Um, while we're at it, you know, lately across some of the, I'm catching some of the socials. I'm catching, you know, verified news stories that are really starting to talk about the harm that those vaccines did. Mm-hmm. Yep still doing if i hear one more time that sudden death amongst young people is normal i'm gonna spit i i I, it makes me sick sick to my stomach that people 37 years old or 30 years old are dropping dead of heart attacks okay so so hold on a minute hold on a minute put it into perspective Mm -hmm. i'm 50 something years old let's let's dial back the hands of time Mm mm-hmm I've only, when I was the, at the age of 30 years old, oh no, pardon me. Okay, we can, we can use this as an example. When I was at the age of 30 years old, I only knew one person under the age of 30 at that time that just suddenly dropped dead of a heart attack. You know, uh, there was a kid that went to a high school near me. When we were kids, it was big news. It was like the one time it happened. Mm -hmm. How many times are you hearing about it today? Too many. One too many. Dozens. 
All of people a sudden, are dropping dead all over the place, man. Now again, not I mean we correlated information based on life insurance actuary information, which we got to talk about. Don't forget about that too, insurance stuff. Oh yeah, um, about that. Just real quick, life insurance actuary information we compared based on Robert uh, Robert Dowd's study, and we noticed that the after two weeks after the injections were given by Pfizer, people are dropping dead. You yes, can't argue with it. It's there in black and white. Go to our website. You can see it for yourself. So that vaccine is bad news. You don't need it. Stop it. That's what I say. Notice how all the uh, other diseases they were pimping uh, have suddenly disappeared out of the news cycle. Monkeypox, resurgence of COVID, and, oh, mycoplasma pneumonia, which can actually be treated with doxycycline, by the way, according to the research. It's the cheapest shit in the world, doxycycline. Mm-hmm. And it's doing wonders. I think you can get it for like 30 cents a tablet. Yep. And it's, it does wonders. Huh. Maybe you should put some on the shopping list. What do you think? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. No. Anyhow, gift card, right? Gift card ideas. <laughs> Doxycycline gift cards for everybody this year. <laughs> All right. Real t- real quick uh, as we uh, get ready to launch oh. everyone into the uh, Christmas season here. But Wait we want to talk about insurance. Yeah. Yeah. You have a friend of a friend or? Well, no, no, not a friend of a friend. First degree friend. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay. So, so this dude, uh, somebody that I used to live down the street from when I lived out in the Midwest, uh, super cool dude. Um, Really brilliant guy. uh, Has a farm with an orchard with 300 trees now. And, you know, he raises honey and chickens and cow. This, this guy's amazing, right? He's a, he's a homesteader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's decided they've opened a homestead in, in northern Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a year-round homestead. These guys, these these people have done the whole thing to, you know, just live a very comfortable life at a minimal amount of expense, not necessarily, you know, end-of-the-world people. So this guy's really smart, right? So he's an artist. He's, he's just brilliant. His wife is brilliant. His kids are brilliant. They're just exceptional people, mm-hmm. just nicest people. Well, my buddy, who shall remain nameless, has been in the insurance business for, you know, 25 years. Mm -hmm. His father owned a state farm agency, and now he runs the agency because his dad's retired. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's a good living. They do well. Now, we were talking, and he's like, he's very smart, very astute, keeps an eye on things at a level that you and I... He works at a level of detail that I don't quite understand with the way the world works on, on certain issues. Mm-hmm. He gets very, very deep, and he's he's super smart. Mm-hmm. So what's going on right now is there's something going on, and I don't know all the detail. Mm-hmm. But he was explaining to me that something has gone awry in the bond markets. So the bond markets are what government, city, local, fire departments right. put out yep. like loans, and they pay interest to people that, you know, the pay you know give low interest rate uh loans to governments right yeah right it's a bond like when you hear them float a bond referendum blah 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 that's that's essentially part of it right so the bond value because of the devaluation of the debt the value has bottomed out due to inflation so, and a number of other factors. It's almost like an unintended consequence. Right, totally. Now, now insurance companies work on the bond market, on returns from the bond market. Mm-hmm. Insurance companies apparently invest very heavily in the bond market mm-hmm. because it's you know pretty safe return. Always has been a safe harbor for money because municipalities don't default. They just print more money. Right. You'll get your money back. It might not be worth what it was when you put it in, but you'll get it back. Dollar for dollar, right? Right. So anyhow, since the devaluation of the bond market, insurance companies are like reassessing their risk. 
And the state of California is in immense risk Mm. for a trillion different reasons. Mm. He was telling me by 2026, it is highly likely that you will not either have or be able to obtain homeowners insurance in the state of California. Just the state of California? He only said the state of California in this conversation. We had a very short amount of time. Right. If you get this gentleman going, you better have a pen and pad yeah. handy to write it down because he's he's teaching you something. Right, right, right. Wow. So he said by 2026, it's highly likely that there will be no underwriting of risk in the state of California. Mm. That's bad. Oh, it's terrible because that means you can't have like a mortgage, right? You can't get a mortgage for a house in, in, in California. Cause no bank's going to want you to have a loan and then you, the house burns up and then you're going to default on it. Cause there's, you know, the house, you know, that's what, that's what the homeowner's insurance stuff is. Wow. It's, it's an assurance that the, the note is going to be paid by your placing a bet against your own stupidity, which, right. Unfortunately, you and I have seen that game played and lost before. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Many, many times. Right. Many, many, many times. Uh, so, yeah, the insurance companies, the insurance carriers are all going to be pulling out of California because of some law changes that have happened out there and a number of different uh, risk factors. They're pulling out of the state of California. Whoa, wait a minute. So you're talking about the Democrats who make stupid play stupid games now they're winning stupid prizes pretty much oh my. it's just gonna hurt everybody that lives in the state of california you know what happens to you if you know you have a mortgage and you have no insurance the bank has to assume back ownership of the house because you can't secure the note your collateral has evaporated on the loan the terms have changed so you think is people that another wake way up to- then you think people are going to wake up then Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're awake now. They better be. Because what what he's telling me, he's he's never really wrong. And everybody in California ought to be paying very careful attention to what's going on with their insurance carrier in the insurance market in general in the state of California. Mm-hmm. Now, let's flip the coin over to Florida. Mm-hmm. He was telling me something about... The state is an insurer in the case of disasters uh, or, or hurricane or some kind of flood insurance, some catastrophic insurance that's really difficult to get. So to recoup some of the losses out of California and other places, whatever, the insurance companies offer private insurance are now starting to offer it in Florida to carry that risk. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's a a provision within the state law that if there's a commercial alternative to the state, you must take the commercial alternative, Mm -hmm. which is only fair to the taxpayer. Right. Because if you want to live in a floodplain. Which I think all of Florida is. Pretty much. But, you know, some areas are worse than others. And the state's your only option for insurance. Okay, got it. You're going to pay a lot. Because the taxpayers are carrying your note, right? Yeah. But now these private insurers are going to come in, and the law says if you can get private insurance, you have to pay it. The premiums are going to go from $300 a month to $3,000 a month. That's nuts. Get ready, people. Wow. I have to get more information on that one, but that's the rumor from somebody deep on the inside of the insurance industry. Unbelievable. Can 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 you imagine you're you're like a refugee from a from somewhere and you you land in Florida and you know land of cute blondes and stuff and and all of a sudden you uh you wind up uh buying a house and all of a sudden you, you get your insurance, whatever you're near the beach, 
And because of that, you have to buy insurance from the state because whatever, hurricane insurance or whatever, all of a sudden a commercial alternative pops up. You know, your mortgage payment was like $3,500 a month to begin with. Yep. Now your mortgage payment gets to be $6,500 a month. How's that going to feel? That's too much. I guess the lesson here is we're riding a razor's edge of out of control and something is out of balance. Yeah, they're printing too much money. Anyway. Well, correct. Well, that's our show for this evening before the Christmas holiday. Wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy New Year. We will continue to be the lifelong friends that love to talk about current events and give the hashtag hard truth of those current events to you as you eavesdrop in on our conversation. We hope you've enjoyed it. I want you to follow us on the at Signal 50 podcast on Twix. You can also find us on Getter and True Social. Alpha, you be good out there, buddy. Yep, everybody. My prediction is for a white new year for the East Coast. <laughs> Not Christmas, unfortunately. Oh, I was going to tell you, us. the weather guy messed it up. There was no snow from that storm that you were getting from up here. It just petered <laughs> out. Petered out. Yeah, anyway. Dude. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot to all our police military out there. Everybody wears a uniform that can come home underneath a flag. May, uh, you know, I hope I hope this holiday season is nice and safe for everybody. Be careful out there. Everybody. Yep, and all those firefighters over there in the, uh, my, my old stomping ground, be careful out there. Propane does not like fire very much. And EMS and uh, healthcare providers, be safe out there in the holiday season. Take care. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye.